it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Free kick for Atleti. Good opportunity to give a shout to a blog, a, a US fan club of Atletico Madrid called Into the Calderon. Do some really good content for all followers of the Colchoneros. A decent base in the United States as well, following the action on ESPN+. Give them a follow. At into the corridor. It's a blue ribbon kind of guy. Oh, definitely. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> definitely. Oh, absolutely. Listen, if it's cheap, I like it. Um, cheap is cheap beer is one of the the great things about life. So you know, you got you got to enjoy. It. <laughs> it's all about the little things. <laughs> we we love PBR. We, we love, love us a PBR. nice ice cold uh, PBR or a Coors Light. Yeah, give it to me. That'll right? work. <laughs> Preferably of tall boy variety. Oh yeah, gotta be bad but, cheap yeah, so beer. That, yeah, that that's plan A. Yeah, for the game. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how they do. Yeah, see how it unfolds. You know, the, the dogs are touchdown favorites. I think Michigan's a little more than a touchdown favorite over a TCU. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I, I would anticipate that will likely be the result. I mean, TCU's kind of had some crazy magic all year long, but um, they've been in some wild games. But they kind of got exposed a little bit against Kansas State. So Michigan should be able to handle it pretty good. Yeah, I I was happy that they made the playoff. Like they shouldn't have been penalized and forced out of the playoff just by losing by a field goal to Kansas State. No, definitely not. No, and that was a good game too. Uh, like you said, so um, they they would have been really harsh on them if they had gotten booted out. Um, especially because it would have meant Bama got in, which no nobody, one wants to. See nobody that. wanted that. No, no one wants to see that. No one wanted that. Everyone uh, wants to see the, the Sun Devils return to glory, but sadly, <laughs> we are a little far away from that. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, the 12-team playoff in two years. Maybe. You know, <laughs> the yeah. impossible dream. That's right. The impossible dream of Kenny uh, Dillingham's impossible riding, dreamers. Riding into the playoff. Dillingham's dreamers. That's what it's going to be. That's right. They're going to have a first-round matchup with navy or something i don't know whoever's gonna make oh, it man. in the 12 team expansion area is gonna be insane i mean i don't know what was worse like the the eastern the home loss to eastern michigan that got uh herm edwards sacked that was bad but then we go to arizona and we lose 
we lose the Territorial yeah. Cup at U of A. And, like, if there's one thing in life I cannot stand is losing to the University of Arizona in football. Yeah, it's not. Like, that is, to me, as bad as losing to Real Madrid. <laughs> losing to the U of A in football. I, I just cannot stand it. Well, you beat Colorado. Yeah, everyone were, beat Colorado. They were also really awful. Yeah, Colorado got beat so bad they had to hire Deion Sanders, okay? <laughs> and, you know, that, that was a bold strategy. They had to go uh, hire primetime. They were so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oof. Poor Colorado, man. They, they, they'll be better. They'll definitely be better with Deion. Yeah, it can't get it, worse, it'd right? It'd be hard to be worse. Right, can't get worse. That's the it'd only be, reason. It'd be hard to be worse. Oh man, well, uh, what what else is going on, man? I I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you something else. I have redeveloped uh, my addiction to Football Manager. Oh, yeah, it's bad, dude. It's really bad. What what are, what are you playing? Are you doing like a Road to Glory type of thing? Or are you more just uh, rocking around in in the big leagues? I started a a career mode with eighteen sixty Munchin. Okay. And uh, I won two successive promotions. I won the, the third tier of, of the German football pyramid. I won it with a record points haul. Okay. The second year, I went up to the Bundesliga on the final day from the Bundesliga 2. My third year, I'm, I'm currently like midway through my fourth year there. In my third year, we finished second just behind Bayern, like 18 points behind Bayern. But we wow. finished second. So now we're in the Champions League. And I've had like a very modest transfer budget throughout all this time. Like they, the board only just gave me like 30 million euros to spend last summer. Yeah. Those Bundesliga teams are cheap. No, my God. So So I have to find bargain buys. Do they still share the stadium with Bayern? No, they, they moved back to like this 110 year old stadium that only seats like 15,000. Oh, it's, interesting. Because it, it, for a while they played in Allianz, right? Yeah, they shared it with them. It, it's yeah. the, their stadium, their old new stadium is something very German. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Oh gosh, very Lots of consonants. I'm guessing very German. It's Stad teaches Stadion or something. Okay. Yeah, not even going to give it an effort. But um, and now I'm in my fourth season and juggling three fronts, and I have a, a bunch of young players, and I can't really make big moves in the transfer market because I don't have the funds. Just got to keep winning, I guess. Man, football manager will get you in a deep hole. It's it's awful. It's really, it's, it's, it's really it's terrible, man. There. I need to stop playing it. It's killing my computer's battery. It's my, I have a six-year-old okay. MacBook. It's destroying my battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's rough on, it's rough on the laptops, man. Oh, man. I got to get a whole gaming setup for this. I know. <laughs> for a spreadsheet game? Just to, I know. Just to play football manager and read all my scouts and analysts reports and view the advanced statistics they compile for me. It's really the minutia makes it so addicting. That's what it is. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh. <laughs> and then a dude gets an injury and you're just like, oh, this is like this is like a close relative has died. Yeah, man, my backup center forward, he pulled his knee ligaments. He's out for three weeks now. You're like, damn it. So I have one center forward and his backup is a dude from the other nineteens. Who go. I bought for like a hundred a hundred thousand from Magdeburg last year. <laughs> Christ! This is what it does to you. It, it, I know it's driving me crazy. I'm pulling my hair out. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's getting you ready for the real transfer window. It when, is. Which but horrible war crimes are going to be committed. Oh, horrible! Yeah, uh, I guess that's a, a decent segue into talking about uh, the the transfer window. Atletico, your Gunners as well. They are atop the Premier League, as as you know. Yeah, they do happen to be. Yes. Um, Mikel Arteta's Gunners. Yeah, they're doing pretty well. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think realistically, um, you know, when your main opponent is Man City, who have dudes that they bought for 60 million plus euros on their bench, then, you know, kind of is what it is. You kind of got to have certain expectations. But it's really nice for now. And, uh, Almost certainly going to qualify for the Champions League, which is the main thing that needed to happen this season. So um, that's good. Uh, and then, you know, it seems like this January window is going to be crazy when it's normally terrible. Uh, it seems like a lot of stuff is going to be happening. Liverpool already doing stuff. Maybe Xiao Felix is going to move. Maybe. Um, 
maybe Enzo Perez is going to move. Who knows? There's like just dudes all over the place. So. Yeah. I mean, usually we don't see a whole lot of cash, you know, no. splashed in January, but because of the winter world cup and because a, a bunch of teams are now coming out of the pandemic and the, the, the slashing to revenue and finances, maybe we could see some big deals done. Although it seems to be moving slowly at the moment. Uh, Joao Felix, as you hinted at, Rob, is still an Atletico de Madrid player. He scored the game's opening goal and eventual winner on Thursday in a 2-0 mm-hmm. victory over Elche, which we'll talk about in depth momentarily. But, yeah, I don't know. I It's hard to, having followed this sport for a decade, it's hard to see any 100 million euro deals getting done in the month of January. But, you know, I mean, Juventus are in complete chaos, for example, and that's a club that could set the market. Uh, Atletico yep. could set the market because of the failure to get into the Champions League knockouts, the failure to get into the Europa League even, and a squad that is badly in need of a refresh and and just a reset. So Juventus and Atletico are among the clubs that could really maybe maybe reset the market. Maybe we do see some 80, 90, 100 million euro deals get done. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Winter World Cup is a huge part of this because if you think about guys like, like Enzo, who, you know, had... A amazing World Cup and with won the whole thing. And this yeah. is an opportunity for Benfica to really, really cash out on a player they only just got. But I mean, this is a time to extract some serious value. Um, and then with you know, yeah, Felix is would won't be a transfer, but um, more than likely be like a loan or something. But still, I mean. Cody Gakpo moving, I think, is probably a direct result of the World Cup happening in the winter. Mm. Um, otherwise, he probably would have moved last summer. Um, so, who knows? Who knows what to expect here? And Arsenal are in... Uh, they really want that kid from Shakhtar. Yeah, the kid with the terrible neck tattoo. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. He, he looks like Young Lean with the like, weird <laughs> neck tattoo. Like, but, um, um, yeah, and he's evaluated as, like, an 80 million euro player which would be crazy like okay sure but i don't know it, it's a weird it's a weird january window most of the time we don't see like you said we don't see stuff get done in january like this typically and but the thing with with clubs like arsenal and liverpool and chelsea and man city is that they can just plop down 60 million like it's nothing 80 million like yeah. it's nothing and everyone knows that the premier league teams are the richest on earth because of the tv deal yeah, I mean, everyone knows they can outspend La Liga two to one. They can outspend the Bundesliga three or four to one. Yeah, and because a lot of these clubs, especially in the middle class of uh, the other top four leagues in Europe, are, were so badly damaged by the pandemic and are still recovering in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, yeah. They know the money's there, and they're looking to get out of a financial hole, and a lot of the times the Premier League clubs are happy to do it for them, and not even necessarily the big clubs. Sometimes even the the more mid-sized Premier League clubs are willing to lay out a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. And, so, e- and even clubs like Wolves, Rob, can, yeah, can spend. Wolves job. have just acquired Mateus Cunha from Atletico on, a, on an initial loan, but there is an obligation to buy a fixed to it for up to 50 million euro. 50 million for Mateus Cunha. From wolves, yeah. From wolves, yeah. Like even um, wolves can I mean, afford that to do, do that. Makes sense in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, like if I'm at Letico, I, I take the money and run because I, I I I'm I'm sure you felt the same way. We talked about it before the season started, but you and I were both big fans of Cunha and the kind of the energy, the intensity, the promise he brought last year. But you can't have a striker who scores zero goals, and that's just that's what he was this year. Well, yeah, and, I, you know, it was an unfortunate situation all the way around because they shouldn't have ever signed him. They signed him before they knew the Griezmann stuff was going to happen. Yep. And then once that happened, he was just totally railroaded, and which was not his fault at all, so he never really got settled. Um, I think he should do pretty well in the Premier League, actually. Um, I, I hope it suits him. Um, Wolves. Wolves thought they were like, oh, you know what? We'll bring in Diego Costa. He'll be able to give us something. And then they brought him in. They're like, oh, this guy cannot move. <laughs> no, we figured that out like four years ago. Four years ago, easily. <laughs> and this guy cannot move, Damn. like, at all. Has he, has he scored yet for Wolves? I don't think he has. Definitely not. Oh, he has picked, yeah. up, a, he has picked up a red card, though. God bless him. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a character. <laughs> yeah. 
There you go. That that says it all right there, doesn't it? Diego Costa at Wolves. Seven games, six starts, 500 minutes, no goals, no assists, one yellow card, one red card. Beautiful. What yeah, a man. That man does not move well at all. Listen. Like, he, he, he looks like he it crunches. His body crunches when he walks. Nah, we'll always love him, but no, that man can't move anymore. No. Uh-uh. That, that man was finished in 2018. Yeah, big time. Yeah, Big and, time finish. Like a lot um, of us watching back then, we all knew it. He was done at 28. Yes. And now he's 33, yes. and he's still playing for 18th place Wolves. Yeah, so uh, Cunha is better than that. I, I feel highly confident <laughs> saying that. I would hope so for their sake. Even if it's not. I mean, Atletico are pocketing... 40 million from that transfer. 10% of it goes to Hertha Berlin. But yeah. Atletico are, are making a profit on Cunha, which is pretty good business for a guy who scored seven goals in 58 games. So that's one deal that's already done for Atletico. And and we can talk about some of the other deals that might be done within the context of the game that took place today, Thursday. Uh, a 2-0 win for Atleti over Elche at the Civitas Metropolitano. It, it feels good to win in La Liga again, Rob. It had been a while since Atleti had done that. Uh, just their second win from six, temporarily at least up to third in the league. What did you make of Atletico's first league game in about six weeks? Uh, weird. I, I think when I'm watching a lot of the, the club matches, we've seen pretty sluggish first halves um, kind of across the board as you know, guys coming back from the World Cup are trying to refigure out their teammates again and stuff. Um, yeah, a bunch of the prim- a bunch of the Premier League games were like first that. Half. Yeah, yeah, the, real bad. The first real, half on real bad. The first half on Thursday was pretty wretched. It sure was, and against bottom of the league, um, that's not really what you're looking for. So there was definitely a sort of palpable frustration there, um, but. The, the second half definitely improved a, a little bit. Um, I, I still don't, you know, this team wasn't in fine form, like you said, before the break. But um, at least there was that step up from a really awful first half. I mean, they couldn't really go anywhere but up from that first half, I guess, yeah. other than concede to LJ, which frankly didn't really look like that was going to happen if they played that game for 300 minutes to be yeah, Elche never really looked like scoring, and things were looking up for Atletico at halftime as Gonzalo Verdu got himself sent off for a last-man tackle on Alvaro Morata. Uh, Cuadro yeah, Fernandez, the referee, decided there was nothing wrong with it. It took a VAR intervention for him to realize, oh, yeah, that's against the rules. You're off. Yeah, I, I have no idea how that was not. <laughs> you just you got to love Spanish. You got to love say. Spanish refereeing. Got to. Yeah. Yeah, that was a terrible tackle, which if you're playing for a bottom-of-the-league side, you cannot do. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, then Mario Hermosa did <sighs> chose to do something equally brain-dead. The king. Uh, our own Sam Leverage tweeted this out during the game. Uh, Mario Hermoso has picked up uh, four yellow cards in his last six minutes of action. Right on. That is quite the way to collect your paycheck. Yep. Uh... It it is it has been like so bad. It, it, he's been so 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 bad. That's his uh, fourth red card uh, in just over a hundred games as a Rocky Blanco as well. Yeah, he get he gets sent off like more at least once a year. Yeah, yeah. He get he gets booked twice in three minutes. The first one, Stefan Savage kind of put him in a spot of bother. Uh, Savage went up for for a header didn't hit it very well and Hermoso had to bring down uh, I can't remember who it was breaking away for Elche but he had to bring him down uh, professional tactical foul but then the second yellow card three minutes later was a horror tackle on Hellebelt and Palacios and Hermoso gets up immediately and wags his finger like no yeah. there's nothing in there what a king yeah I mean <laughs> like, like it was clearly a crunching tackle it's clearly gonna give you a second yellow card and he's up like he's making the face too like no no way it's like he almost seemed to do the like I like I got the ball thing. Yeah, it's like no, you were not anywhere near the ball. <laughs> you took him from behind. <laughs> it was it was so bad. It he was just, so so bad. He has no instincts as a defender, and he continues no. to play as a defender. Um, so her also started this game in place of Reynaldo because I think Simeone really wants more offense from the left side of, of the field. 
which makes sense. Reynildo, as good as he is defensively, uh, is just not very good with the ball at his feet. If he were, he would be one of the best left backs in the world. Right. Like, he would be a 60 million rated left back easily. But he's worth probably a third of that because he's not very good in an attacking sense. That's just the way it is. So Hermoso and Carrasco started on the left in a bit of a gamble from Cholo. Hermoso gets himself sent off just less than 10 minutes into the second half. So it's 10 v 10. And then Atletico score anyway. A really nice piece of play uh, involving all of Jeffrey Cadogbia, uh, Elvaro Morata, Marcos Llorente, Antoine Griezmann, and Joao Felix. Uh, Griezmann with a short cross for Joao from about three yards out. He can't miss this header. No, no, he teed it up for him. Um, yeah, it was a, a good cross in from Llorente as well um, initially, but just kind of unlucky. He got broken up, but Griezmann did really well to get it right back to Joao Felix. And yeah, it was, that was a nice goal and um, probably deserved on the balance of things at that point. Um, but yeah, weird weird <laughs> kind of a, a weird opening goal like kind of a busted cross that kind of is a really short distance cross for a header to Joao Felix it's not really what you expected but hey it works but he was there he was in the right place at the right time yep he sure was uh and very quietly he now has five goals in his last five games played at at club level obviously he had a pretty good world cup with a goal and, and a couple of assists for Portugal as they got knocked out in the quarterfinal against Morocco but uh, he's his form is picked back up at club level. Um, what do we think it means for a potential January transfer? We know he, uh, Joao is unhappy. We know he doesn't get along with Cholo Simeone. We know he wants out, and George Mendes is looking for a new destination for him, likely in England. What do we think uh, this nice run of form for him carrying over into the new year? What do we think it means? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I mean, you have to think part of it is, you know, a little bit of a shop window stuff. Because, um, you know, teams aren't going to be lined up to, to take on a guy with the big salary that he has and for a sizable loan fee that it would inevitably be that's in crap form. So it makes sense um, that he would want to roll that form right into the season and, or uh, into January and see if he can get a move out of it. But, um, I mean... It certainly seems like the dots are trying to be connected with either Manchester United or Chelsea or maybe Arsenal to a lesser extent, but um, the clubs that would be able to take on that wage um, and the financial girth that that wage comes with pretty easily, um, those would probably be them um, because Man City don't really need Jeff Felix or anything like that right now. So those those three clubs, I, I could see being in the mix for sure. Like outside of England, what does he realistically have? Um, Nothing. Yeah, you know, not a thing. He's not a Bayern Munich type of player. Uh, for maybe of, in another time, PSG, but not right now. No, he would be on the bench at PSG. Yep. Just like he's on the bench at Atletico. Right. <laughs> he would be on the bench there. Um, and in Italy, like no one can afford him. Nope. The team that would, Juventus, are under heavy scrutiny, and their entire board just had to resign because of another scandal. So that leaves, and no one in, in Spain. Um, there have been whispers that Barcelona have wanted him for years, but Barcelona are broke boys. They, unless there's a part exchange, then I, I doubt Atletico will seriously evaluate any Barcelona offer. So that leaves I mean, England. Yeah. What, what will Barcelona do in January? Sell 
Rafinha and Ferran Torres or, uh, and yeah, Cassier, Cassier. And, and they'd maybe be able to handle that, that burden. Yes, yeah, so like three of the guys they acquired in the last year they're going to sell. Brilliant exactly. business. Exactly, yeah, right. Brilliant. And they're still top of the league. We still let this team go top of the league. I know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not mad. Lovely to stupid. <laughs> Def- definitely not mad about that. So that, that leaves England. And I, I don't know, are, are your gunners a fit, Rob? I think probably they're the third fit out of that three, if that makes sense, just because um, I don't know that the the fit is necessarily there. Um, And also, I think uh, Manchester United and Chelsea are better suited to handle the financial burden than Arsenal at this moment in time. Mm. I think Arsenal tend to go for more uh, younger players that are on lower wages um, at this point in time. So, Which is a really smart way to build a team. I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense, and it, it's it's working currently. Um, but to take on a guy like Joe Felix, who, who is young, certainly, but is on a lot of money, um, and then you'd have to pay a loan fee and et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, but um, I think he is, you know, he, I think he would be attractive to those three clubs. Um, I think he probably makes the most sense with Man United, to yeah. be honest, especially yeah. with Ronaldo out the door, um, which is kind of weird to say, but uh, I I could I could see him going there. But it, it's a matter of what's United's appetite to do the deal, because the Glazers are going to sell. Right. Exactly. So are United going to batten down the hatches and tighten the purse strings, or are they going to have one more window of big expenditures before selling. Well, I mean, it seems like that could be the case currently at Liverpool. Um, they certainly seem like they might be willing to spend before they sell up as well. So yeah, who okay. knows how this stuff works? You know, they'll probably get the money back in a sale anyway. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll save the money on wages. Like if Firmino leaves on a free at the end of the year, like they'll save money on his contract and the wages they were paying him. Right. So I mean, there are a number of ways that, that the English teams can do it because the margin for error is much larger. In Spain, the margin for error is much smaller. And Correct. from the Atletico point of view, in, listen, I would do the Joao Felix deal again, but if he is going to leave, they have to get it right. Uh, they can't make a bad sale. They can't undervalue him, uh, but they also can't overvalue him to where if you're demanding $140 million from interested parties, they might just walk away. And you're left with a very talented and and useful, if not essential, player, but also one who's very unhappy, one who is on big wages, who doesn't get along with the coach, who has been a really up-and-down, inconsistent player for three and a half years. He's got five goals in his last five games now, but based on his history, he could easily go the next five without scoring. It's just the kind of player he has been since he joined Atletico. So from the Atletico perspective, you have to sell well, but a loan with an option or an obligation to buy uh, is maybe the only way you're going to get him out in January. Yes. And so then that, that asks the question, are you better off waiting until the summer when you can more likely get a straight transfer and just get the money now? Um, but then you run the risk of, like, say, him having a bad second half of the season, being upset that translates into his form, which then lowers his price. So and that's then, kind of the yeah. the value proposition they're working with right now. And then you're right back to square one. Yep. So it's difficult. He's a difficult player to analyze. He's a difficult player to sell because he's he, he's a weird player. He's obviously super talented, and he yep. played very well against Elche on Thursday. Six shots, three on target, another goal for him, the eventual winning goal. Um, but I don't think he was the best player on Thursday, Rob. Um, I think a 19-year-old named Pablo Barrios making his first league start for Atletico, he might have been the best player on the night, and on a night where Joao scored. Morata scored a hilarious goal that we're going to talk about. Uh, Griezmann set up a couple of goals. It was Pablo Barrios who was maybe the most impressive Colchonero to me. Yeah, I think, and honestly, you know, more than anything else, it, it might have just been that it was a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the vast majority, if not every single other guy in the team, has just this stale stench about them in this team. Like, we've seen all of their warts, and we know exactly, you know, what they can't do. Um, 
So it's always nice to have that young player come into the team and where you can can dream on what they could be and and put some energy into a team that for a large part of this year has looked like they have none. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that was certainly a breath of fresh air to what what has become kind of a, a stale and old team. He off Barrios offers something new. He offers energy and vitality. Um, and he, his passing even breaks lines. That that's that's weird for our midfield. We don't have a lot of midfielders who can do that. Yeah, and it, you know, it, kind of a surprise. Um, you know that right in there after the break, thrust into the starting lineup. Um, but I like it. I I appreciate Simeone giving something else a try, and it, it certainly worked. Um, so you know. You got to try something at this point. Yes, yeah. the reinforcements are not going to be coming in in January, so you got to work with what you got here. Yeah, you got to find creative ways to improve the team, and and for a, a club in Atletico situation, you need to rely on the academy. We we've been saying it on the show for years that Atletico's right. academy has been neglected um, by the people in charge. There hasn't been a lot of investment put into it. There haven't been really any prospects break into the first team since Thomas Party and Lucas Hernandez. And they're both long gone. Yep. So for Barrios to break through and make it here, that would be a huge deal. Uh, if we look back uh, five years from now, if we look back on, on what has been a horrible season to this point, but we remember that it's the year Pablo Barrios broke through, not to put any more pressure on the kid, but if we look back and say this is when Pablo Barrios broke through, we'll look back more fondly on what has been kind of a train wreck of a season. Certainly. No, and I, I, um, I think no. Go ahead. No, I mean it, it's just it's worth it. Um, you know, young players are always going to cost you at a certain point, but um, you have to have academy players in your team if you're going to be a successful club, unless you just have the wealth of Man City or something like that. But uh, for those clubs that don't, which is the vast majority, you have to rely on the academy uh, to fill out the squad. And we, like you said, have not seen enough of that in recent years at all. But, you know, there might be reinforcements on the way in that regard. We have Barrios, uh, Roro Riquelme at Girona, Sergio Camello at Rio Vallecano. He uh, scored and assisted Rio's second goal uh, in their 2-2 draw with Girona earlier on Thursday. Samuelino has been playing great at Valencia. He should have stayed in the first team. But uh, all four of those guys could be options for Atletico in 2023-2024, and that would be a big deal uh, if all four of those guys are in serious first-team contention. And with Barrios, I think what Simeone did tactically in this game helped to put him into, help put Barrios in more advanced positions where his passing, his dribbling, his energy would best serve the team. Atletico played in a 3 4 3 for most of this game before moving to a 4 3 2 after Hermoso's red card. And, you know, it, it, I thought it was interesting tactically even if it didn't really work because Atletico weren't throwing enough runners toward the box. I think they were too conservative in the first half, and Elche had five or six guys in the penalty area at almost all times. And Atletico were only sending three or four forward, which left Morata or Joao Felix to try to do something, to try to conjure up something. But in the second half at 10v10, uh, Atletico were a bit more aggressive, and the quality of some of these players really shone through. Uh, on the, the second goal, Rob... <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Griezmann plays a ball to Morata, who is on his horse, galloping in toward the penalty area. Sits Pedro Bigas down with a crossover. Yeah. A James Harden crossover. Uh, cuts onto his left in the penalty area. Um, tries a shot. The defender, Mascarel, uh, midfielder, Mascarel, blocks it. It rolls in anyway. Morata is on the floor. He doesn't know the ball's <laughs> crossed the line. He's on the floor, grabbing his leg, trying to win a penalty. And he doesn't know the ball has gone in. And he said after the game, he thought it was Griezmann's goal. He didn't he had no idea what was going on because he was so busy trying to fake an injury. He well, gets, he gets up and then runs to Griezmann. Because he's on the ground holding his leg or whatever. And then when he realizes it's a goal, he hops up and, you know, good as new, runs over and jumps into Griezmann's arms. And you can then see the players come over to him and tell him, it, it was your goal. And he, <laughs> he just looks stunned. It's amazing. Incredible. What a guy. He he is just one of the funniest players. A, a, just a bizarre career. He puts himself in bizarre moments. Uh, it, it's never boring with old Alvaro. 
No, it, it's really not. He had a good World Cup, three goals in four games for Spain. Yeah. I think that yeah. was his sixth goal of the year for Atletico. I think Morata's just about lived up to expectations here. Like, Morata is another one of those players in, in this squad that we know who they who he is. Yeah. We know his strengths. We know his weaknesses. Uh, we generally know what we're going to get from him. I mean, Morata's going to score 10 or 12 goals this year, and that's probably about right. But this one's going to go down as, like, the most entertaining. Oh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, in that moment, you know, aside from the hilarity of that whole situation, it was just kind of sad for Elche, you know, not getting any breaks at all, bottom of the league, and that happens to you. I mean, like, the the vast, and it's not like the defender really made a poor mistake with the clearance or anything. You see those clearances made all the time, and the vast majority of them, they just go out uh, the byline for a corner. Yeah. But this not one just, this time. <laughs> this one just hit him in the right place, and Badia was out of position a little bit, and it just bounced over the line. Only just, but it bounced over the line into the top of the netting to make it 2-0. Uh, I thought they were going to call it an own goal for Mascarell. I was a little surprised that they didn't, and they gave it to Morata instead. Yeah. <laughs> but but hey. It, it feels generous. And and you're right, those are the breaks when, when you're a team in Elche's situation. They have four points from 15 games. They're on their third manager of the year. This is just what happens when you're in this kind of a rut. Yeah, it's not good. It's it's really not good. They seem very, very doomed um, yeah. this year. Um, I don't really see any way out of it for them at this point. So, yeah, it's not good. It's really not good for poor LJ, but uh, hey, we'll take it. But the action wasn't done there. There was a third red card still to be awarded for substitute. Oh, yeah, right. Domingo Skinia, who came on in the 83rd minute, was booked in the 86th minute, and then booked again for a bad tackle on Morata in the center circle in the 90th minute and sent off. That, that's a pretty good seven minutes for him. <laughs> for Domingo Skinia there. It's like the Tony Snell graphic. <laughs> 28 minutes and zeros all across the board. Yeah. Basically, except Man. somehow worse. Yeah. <laughs> they got sent off. <laughs> it finishes 10-V-9, and Atletico get the win, and they're temporarily up to third. Uh, Real Sociedad, I think, play on Saturday, if I saw correctly. Uh, why won't who scored load? Yes, uh, they play at home against Osasuna on Saturday. That could be a pretty good game. But overall, uh, it, it was a bit of a scenic route there, but this is what Atletico had to have, Rob. This is the... On paper, the easiest game on Atletico's schedule all year. Elche, the only winless team in La Liga. You're at home after a six-week break. Uh, I mean, most of your players were at the World Cup or with their national teams, uh, but they've been away from each other for six weeks. They've had time to, you know, take a few deep breaths, reassess, come back, and get back to winning games, and that's what Atletico had to do. And they did it on Thursday. Yeah, it it's actually a, a fairly favorable return to action. Um, you have this match, which, like I say, should be the easiest match of the season. Um, and it, it could be tricky uh, in the Copa uh, going to Oviedo, but, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lower division side. Um, should be a good opportunity to, to let the guys gel a little bit more um, before then you have a really big match. After yeah, that. that would be Barcelona coming to the Metropolitano on the 8th of January. Right. Yeah, that is, that's a big one. So, it's good that that was not the first match uh, after the World Cup break. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would or, or maybe, or maybe that should, that would have been a better first match. I don't know. Who knows? It could have been. I, I think there was an anticipation or, or an expectation that Atletico would waltz to victory here, even though the team has been in dreadful form for most of the year. Elche had been a lot worse. Man, they're bad. Yeah. But, you know, this is now dating back to the middle of November. This is now three consecutive wins between the Cup and the league for Atletico. You know, you have Oviedo next in, in midweek, um, which you know, easily could be a banana peel, knowing Atletico's recent history in the Cup. It oh, easily yeah. could be. We have Oviedo, then Barcelona, then a trip to Almeria. You host divide the lead and then travel to Osasuna, and that takes you through the end of January. Um, the Barcelona game is going to be a tough one, but it is in Madrid. And other than that, it looks like a fairly manageable schedule for an Atletico side that, you know, this is all they've got. They've got the league and the cup. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time in a long time. Yeah. First time so. in a decade, more than a decade. 
So, um, no excuses, especially not in the Copa del Rey. I mean, if there is a year to make a cup run, which you and I have complained about for years and years mm-hmm. about Simeone kind of not really just kind of chucking it and having, frankly, some horrendous results in the cup over the years. Uh, this would be a good year to actually take it seriously and try to win it because God knows you're not going to win anything else. So yeah, th- this is it. The, the Copa del Rey is their only shot at silverware this year. Yep. Because they're not going to win La Liga. Um, nope. You know, they could finish third. They could finish fourth. I- ideally, they do and don't finish in the Europa League. Oh God. Yeah, that would be bad. But. All right, uh, before we sign off, Rob, uh, let's talk about a, a few of the other players who may or may not be Rohi Blanco's come uh, this time next month. Yes. I'm going to throw out a few names to you, and you're going to give me your best prediction as to whether they stay or go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Crack those knuckles. Oh, I heard that. That's good. That was one. All right, we got one. All <laughs> right. Uh, let's start with the guy uh, who we were just talking about, Alvaro Morata. Uh, yeah. Stay or go? He'll stay. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're they're like these this fanciful hope that maybe there's a part exchange with Juventus for Vlahovic, but those deals never come off. No shot. No, 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 no shot. Um, I I think he's staying. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually ended up staying for a little while longer. I mean, he's a useful player. We know what he can't do. Um, but he's a decent guy to have around. Um, and I don't think anyone's buying him in January, so he's staying. Felipe Montero. Hmm. Um. I think he'll stay. I don't think there's any buyers for him. I mean, I know he hasn't played, really. Um, but, I mean, I think it would have to be like a released from his contract, he goes somewhere type of thing. Yeah, like, uh, like they did for Costa a couple of years ago. Right. Which maybe, but I, you know, given the defense is sh- shaking, the defense is shakiness in general. I might as well just keep him around. Yeah, Felipe is available to negotiate with any club uh, starting this weekend. Uh, players in the last six months of their contracts can start talking to other clubs January first. So. And I'm sure that he will do yes, that. He'll... And I imagine he will sign a pre-contract to go. Somewhere probably back to South America. Yeah, uh, I, I expect uh, Turkish teams have been interested in him. Uh, yep. Turkish teams have just the weirdest players end up going to play in Turkey at the end of their careers. Um, but Turkish teams and Brazilian teams are interested in him. I expect someone will sign him up on a free pretty quickly. Definitely. Given um, his experience. Yep. He's just not a good footballer anymore, and that, that happens. That's okay. But the, the fault with Atletico is that they, they knew this two years ago, and they didn't move to replace him. No. And but yeah, a league like that either go home to Brazil or go somewhere like Turkey or one of the Gulf states and get a paycheck. Yeah, one of, the, one of those situations. Yannick Carrasco. I, I mean, that's an interesting one um, because <clears throat> he's certainly been kicking up a fuss, like he would like to leave. Mm. Uh, with you know, despite the fact he's been literally terrible this year uh that that might be a hindrance in him moving on um maybe i i uh, i would put him in the maybe probably leaning towards a go um but i just don't know who the buyer is honestly i'm gonna say maybe it may be like a loan with an option or something like that because mm, he still has uh, another year on his contract after this one right so maybe a loan with an option makes the most sense here. I'm going to say he goes, and I think a mid-table Premier League team buys him for 40 million euro. Wow, Everton coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm telling cash. you, I'm thinking it's Everton. Actually, that's the club I was thinking of. <laughs> it's going to be Everton because they're facing relegation again, and the one thing Everton do better than anyone else is, is spend on a bunch of parts and not have any ideas to put them as to how to put them together. Pretty much. Yeah, and I think Carrasco can help them stave off relegation. Um, he's got one goal in 800 minutes this year. He had a terrible World Cup. He's had a, other than uh, he scored a brace in the cup against Ed Antero 
last week he had a couple good displays in the Champions League, but he's had a pretty poor season. He turns 30 next year. It's a bad idea to renew his contract. You might as well sell him now. I agree. I, I think they should sell him. I, I just wonder where the market is. But who knows? Maybe if they take him down to like a hairstylist, like get him get his hair dyed blonde, we could just tell Everton that he's Jared De La Fave. Yeah. <laughs> they, they'd bite your hand off. It'd be great. <laughs> Wait, speaking of hair, we didn't even talk about uh, Griezmann's pink hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Man, <laughs> I thought we were done with this. <laughs> that 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 should be the title of Griezmann's book. Is I thought we were done with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the transfer rumors to Barcelona, the transfer rumors about leaving Barcelona. The yeah. interviews. Yeah. The gosh. hairstyles. So it, this man has gone through, um, he's gone through the bun phase, he's gone through the blue hair, the pink hair phases. He had that little heart in his hair earlier this year, like shaved into his head. Um, when he was at Barcelona, because he was so stressed out, and and pissed off he had the really shaggy i don't give a you know what look yeah he he's really run the gamut in terms of hairstyles but the, the, he's done it all they didn't see the pink coming it made him stand out it's very noticeable yeah it's not a great look is it for a man in his 30s with like three kids with like three kids but I he, mean, maybe the kids like it i don't I, know the, the, i think that's my theory is that one of the kids told him to do it so he did it <laughs> it's not it's not the worst he's ever looked. Um the summer of the summer of <laughs> No, it's not. The summer of 2017 when he had the really shaggy like blue blonde kind of look. It was bad. Yeah, that one was really scruffy. Not very yeah, aesthetically pleasing. But you know, as long as he performs, man, he's uh, by the way, Griezmann's now at 10 goal contributions in La Liga this year. 5 scored, 5 assisted. He's been real good. He's been good. And he was good and he's really good at the World Cup. Yeah. Or if so. if France had won, I think he would have won the Golden Ball. Yeah, he he played. He was the key to everything they did, really. Tomale Ma, what to do with Tomale Ma? Does he stay? Does he go? Oh dear, the age-old question. What to do with Tomale Ma? <laughs> what 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 is Tomale Ma? Yeah. What are you? Who are you? Um. Gosh. I mean, I feel like he stays, but, oh, man. I just feel like he's going to be here forever. I feel I, don't, I feel like he's never going to leave. He's going to score two goals a season forever, and he's just never going to leave, and we're never going to know what he is and, or, or if he's any good. God, I think you're right. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> the trajectory he's on, is that Lemay is really good only in, in certain contexts. Um, and, yeah, he's... He's he's got the look, he's got the talent, the style, but only in in some game states and context is he an essential player. He can easily be replaced while also being a very talented and unique kind of player. He's one Atletico can replace. However, if there's no market for him, you can't replace him. I mean, I think he he's going to be like the dudes on um the Flying Dutchman ship. Like he's just going to be like encrusted into the walls at the Wanda <laughs> like Part of the crew, part of the ship type of thing. Like, he's just going to be there forever. He's just, he's never leaving. Actually, funny story about that. In my uh, my football manager save, I think in the summer of 2023, PSG bought Lima. Wow. For like 20 that million. Seems, that seems optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, can a football manager predict life? I guess we're going to find out. We will find out. I don't think we will be getting anywhere near... 70 million euros or whatever it was that we paid for him. No, but at this point, you just got to, you know, suck it up and say, you know, we made a mistake. You know, like, like, Lema's good. He was a key player when we won the league two years ago, and he was very good last year and before the injuries hit him. But, you know, that's the thing. The best ability is availability. And and it's, he, it's a boomer saying, well, it's a boomer saying, but it's true. Yeah, largely. Uh, Rodrigo DePaul. Ooh, now this one's interesting. Um, he played well at the World Cup. He has not played well this year, and kind of didn't play, and was disappointing last year. Like good in spurts, but largely disappointing. And he's also kind of oldish. 
I mean, he's in his prime, really. Yeah, yes, that's how we couch it. Is he's in his prime, Rob? If you're trying to sell the guy, you gotta say he's he, he's in his sorry, prime. He's not all. He's in his prime. He's <laughs> in his prime. Uh, he had a good World Cup. I mean, this would be the time to sell him if if Atleti wanted to do this thing and just cut ties with him and say, "Look, it didn't work out. It was it was a good idea to sign him for Mudanese because he'd been really good there." And it looked he looked really good early on last season, uh, but then it just kind of never really kicked on from there. Um, so I think if you're going to sell him, this is the time. So I'd give it a go here. S E L L sell sell sell. That's what I do with the ball. Yep. I I, think, I don't know to whom. Yeah, that yeah yeah again that's the issue with with many of the players that I think Atletico need to sell is that there's not a market for a lot of them because they're in their late 20s, their early 30s. The club made bets on them that they were going to continue to evolve and, and grow and all get old together with Simeone, and that's just not happening. Well, it, it, well, it is happening, but they're not playing well. <laughs> it's, they haven't they're played well this season. Sure. <laughs> they are. Can, can you believe that Sal Niguez is now 28 years old? Oh, gosh. I, I genuinely, that blows my mind because we were watching him when he was 21 and had the world at his feet. And then, and he played a lot. Yeah, and he he got older in front of our eyes, but didn't really ever get any better. Man, yeah, I mean, ain't that the sad truth? But with, with DePaul, I think that is the clearest case of you got to sell this guy if you're Atletico. That's the clearest case you have, more so than Joao Felix, more so than Tomalema or Felipe or Carrasco. I think DePaul is the one guy that you need to find a market for him. You need you need to get rid of him because he's not a fit here. Uh, he has been a year and a half of just playing playing at nothing. Like I mean, there's no good English translation for that Spanish phraseology, but he's been here almost a year and a half. He just won the World Cup with Argentina, played great from the knockout side, a terrible group stage, but was great from the Australia game on. Uh, yeah, it sell him. This is the time. He's 28. Uh, a move to move back to Italy might beckon for him. That if it's a loan with an obligation to buy because Italian finances are shady, deal with it. Yeah, I think more than anyone else, like you said, this is the time to cash out and get as much as you can. And because you you can you should be able to get something for Rodrigo DePaul in this market, especially because like we talked about earlier, it's going to be weird because of the World Cup. Um, guys may be moving more than they usually do in January. Maybe some club gets desperate and offers you more money than they should. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, I think you and I are in lockstep on that one. Yeah, Atletico's biggest virtue in January really might be patience. They need to see how the market evolves. For once, it might actually pay for them to be reactive instead of proactive. Yeah. Because, I mean, this season's not there's the only goal of the season is to finish in the top four. Really. And, and win the cup, and win the cup, or at the very least make a deep run in the cup. Um, so you don't need however many midfielders they have right now 10, 12 midfielders. <laughs> like, it's just not necessary. Like, yeah. Get rid of Rodrigo De Paul, play Saul in midfield, and pray to God that he turns into something magically. What about Hermoso, Mario Hermoso? <laughs> I mean, you'd love to sell him, but nobody's nobody's buying him right now. I'm telling you, convert him to a left back, and I think you have a, a pretty good player there. Convert him to a left winger, and you have a pretty good player there. I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it? just just don't make him do any defending whatsoever. Yeah. Um, if they were gonna, if he would were to leave in January, it would just be a just get rid of him situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone would buy him. I this, think they they would eye. I think Atletico would eye a summer twenty twenty three sale for Hermoso. His yeah. contract is up in twenty twenty four, so they still have two windows to get something for him. And I think they will have more success selling him in the summer than they will selling him now. I cannot believe that he's going to make it four years here. I can't believe it. I know, like one okay season, sandwiched by several bad ones. Yeah. The year we won the league, he was one of the best center backs in, in Spain. And then just just before then and after that, just, wow. What the hell happened? I mean, you could you could say that for quite a lot of guys on that team. What the hell happened? Yeah. So. No kidding. That is what it is. 
a couple things I wanted to mention before we sign off. I know I said that a moment ago, but you know how podcasting works. Um, Sergio Regulon played today, Rob. Now, I, I think you might have a, a unique view on Sergio <laughs> Regulon because he has a very unique past. He is both a former Madridista and a former member of Tottenham Hotspur. Two of my favorites. Yes, you love Spurs. I love Spurs, <laughs> and I love Real Madrid. Um, no, uh, I have kind of always thought that he stunk. Um, oh, no. But no, but no, but seriously, uh, when he signed for Spurs, it was, there was kind of this pomp and circumstance that he was like this can't-miss fullback prospect that was going to set the league on fire, yeah. just like Ryan Sessegnon. Who also signed for Spurs? Yes, and also stinks. <laughs> um, what? What? Yeah. But the, uh, I don't. Think, I think he's like okay, but he's twenty six years old at this point. When he signed for Spurs, that was two years ago. And it was like, oh, this guy, he's gonna be great. He was okay for Sevilla for one season on loan. It's like, all right, sure. It's like they thought he was Teo Hernandez, and and he is not. Yeah, I mean, look, um, look what Teo so, Hernandez has become, which which has surprised me, because I remember watching him at, at Madrid and at Real Sociedad and, and thinking, wow, this guy's not going anywhere. Maybe Atletico got did well to get rid of him, and no, now he's one of the best left backs in Europe. Whoops. Yeah, I still don't think he can defend um, well or at, at even like kind of a like he's passable, I guess, uh, yeah. defensively. He's, but he's, he's so good going forward, which we knew after that loan at Alaves. Yeah, that was obvious. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that, that, you know, and he's found a system and a, and a club at Milan that you don't need to defend. That's a system that works for him. He can just bomb forward. Exactly. So, um, yeah, uh, Regulon, I mean, it was worth a shot for Atletico to take a chance on him. I don't think he's very good. Um, whatever. <laughs> well, well, it was worth a shot. Well, let's see. Um, this was his second appearance. Played a little more than half an hour. Uh, made some really encouraging, positive runs up the left-hand side. Uh, passed accurately, 87%. Was a, a willing option going forward. Uh, one screw-up defensively. He nearly gave away a penalty like just after coming on. But other than that, he was fine. <laughs> it was, it was a hand, he stuck out his arm, and it was almost a handball. And, and like my heart is in my mouth. Like They just scored, Sergio. It, they, Jao Felix just scored. Why are you doing this? But no, he, he calmed down and played really well after that. And I think if Carrasco does go, and if Simeone continues to try to probe and find options on the left-hand side that don't involve Reynildo getting forward, I think we could see a lot more Regulon in the second half of the season. The one thing I will say about him, uh, unlike many of the other players that have played at left-back for Atleti in recent history, is he is a left-back. <laughs> he is actually a left-back. And that 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 may sound like a low bar to clear, but for this club in recent history, it it has not been. Renan Lodi was a left back. <laughs> Renan Lodi was well. I mean, he was a he was a wing back. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was kind of a left back. Uh, Saul wasn't right. Um, <laughs> I know that for sure. <laughs> did did Christian and Saldi mean nothing to you? <laughs> Guillermo Siqueira meant nothing to you? <laughs> no, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, no, but, they didn't. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but yeah, so he is a left back. So there's a nice thing I said about him. He's got that going for him. <laughs> I, I, I can tell just how much you love Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, they're great. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, great. they're great right now. Yeah. I enjoy them right now. They're well behind our soul in the table. Yeah, well behind us. Yeah. Playing horrible football. <laughs> Conti ball, right? Hell yeah. Mm. Everyone's favorite. Uh, lastly, I think we would be remiss if we did not mention probably the biggest story in the football world today, uh, the death of Pele at 82 years old. Uh, I mean, what what can we say? Uh, this guy is maybe the legend among all legends, Rob. Um, oh, yeah. He did things in the 1960s, the 50s and 60s that no one had even thought of, and now every young Brazilian can do them. Um, what what can we say about about Pele? That is, you know, you know, uh, I don't know. What can we say about him? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, there's not really much that can be said that hasn't already been said. Uh, the documentary that came out about him, um, was that sometime in 2020 or 2021? I don't know. Yeah. Last few years run together. Yeah. Um, but the documentary that came out about him on HBO is really quite good. Um, people haven't seen that. Definitely watch that. Um, really an incredible career. I mean, I think the thing that is weird when some people talk about Pele is like, um, well, he, you know, he never played in Europe, so he he really wasn't that good. It's like, well, he, like he was playing for a Brazilian side in which every player on that Brazilian side that won three World Cups all played in Brazil. So I think the Brazilian league was probably pretty good mm-hmm. back in the, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I wasn't watching, but I, I feel confident based on the quality of their national team that their domestic league was pretty good. So... Um, let, let's not bring the, the 2022 perspective into that part of his career. But, yeah, I mean, just, just an icon for tons of generations um, ever since he started playing in the 50s. And, you know, he was he's considered the king for a reason, and I don't think that anyone's going to knock him off that. He kind of has almost like a he, – he has his own seat, and then there's everyone else around him kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, like I have seen so many uh, goat arguments on Twitter in the last couple sure. of weeks. Um, obviously, with with Argentina winning the World Cup, and it's just poisoned my brain. Like it, it's it's yeah. left it, it's been toxic to my brain. Just scrolling through Twitter and seeing these arguments, but like that there are some figures in in sport that really just transcend the rest, and, and Pele is one of them. You know, yeah. just what a legend and. You know, highlight watching his highlights. You know, they're out there. Like they're the footage is grainy and they're black and white, but they're out there, and you can see glimpses of the kind of player that he was. Like imagine seeing him like in real time, in color, live in like in like the '62 World Cup or something. Yeah, and you know, we have all the context of modern football, whereas then a lot of things he was doing, nobody else had done or could do. Yeah. Um, and the, I, I hate good arguments. I think they're stupid, largely Same. because you kind of. I think you kind of have to just judge people on their own era. Yeah, um, they're all, they're always self serving. So it's yeah. pointless to argue. Is Pele or Messi better? It's like it. It's in an irrelevant conversation. It's, it's more like, of yeah, their it's, era. It's comparing bananas and oranges. Exactly. It, it's the context of the sport that they played in at the time and the people that they played against at that time and let's just leave it there yeah i think that is perfectly appropriate but you won't get very far saying that on twitter you sure won't you sure won't i'm telling you um, no i mean pele was more than that um and yeah all-time icon yeah may he rest in uh in peace and and one of my new year's resolutions rob actually as we wind down here is to get off twitter for good yeah, I hear you. One of my 2023 resolutions is to just kind of wind that down. It's it's obviously now owned by Elon Musk, but also not the place that, you know, that I um, first joined, obviously, you know. And, like, I'm not trying to sound all sanctimonious and self-righteous or any of that, but it's just not good for my brain. All that social media and all that um, – all the, the toxicity and the hostility is just not good. No, it's not. I mean – my account's been private for ages, which has been great. And yeah, yeah, I think you got the right idea. Yeah, I mean, I really only use it for news and group chats, and even that is sometimes too much. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, I, I totally hear you, and I, I encourage you to to take step backs because it's nice, and it, it certainly is better for your mental health. Yes, that's for sure. Um, but. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to be fully off of Twitter um, just because I think it's a useful tool. But uh, I've certainly tried to do that with other social medias, just be done with it because it's all, it's all kind of terrible. And I succeeded with Facebook. I check Facebook maybe once every couple of weeks now, and it's great. Oh, man. Yeah, I haven't looked. Yeah, I, I Facebook. I Instagram I still look at sometimes. Um, yeah, same. But... but yeah, no, that's about it. It's that and Twitter for me. Well, for better or worse, we are going to leave it there. Uh, Rob Walker, thank you so much for hopping on this show uh, tonight. Hey, my pleasure, man. Always fun. Hope you have a happy new year, and I hope the uh, the dogs do you solid this weekend. 
thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, hopefully we can come back and talk about uh, this team playing better and maybe selling some of these losers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> fireworks. Wow. End of show fireworks. I've been in the house for too long. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You can, you can find Rob on Twitter. You can also find me on Twitter, Into the Calderon as well. Uh, follow us there. Uh, go read our stuff, intothecalderon.com. If you uh, head over to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash chat, you can uh, get access to exclusive bonus audio programming from as little as $3 a month. Uh, we will be back later in the week or next week to discuss Oviedo and Atletico, the Copa del Rey round of 32 match. Uh, That is next on Atletico's slate. Uh, Until next time, thanks again for listening. Adios.